Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and I'm here with Sarah. Hello. Hello. You know, I walked into, Sarah recently opened a storefront on Cape Cod, so those of you who live in and around Cape Cod and want to do some holiday shopping, connect with her, but they had their grand opening, and I walked in, and what was the first thing I did? Do you remember? I don't think so. You were like, you're singing. Oh, yes. I remember. (laughs) I think I walked in and I was like, it looks so good. (laughs) And then I think the boyfriend sang. Probably. And he didn't get as much of a response from me. No, because that's pretty standard. He could walk in doing the cha-cha and people would be like, whatever. Yeah, that's just him. There he is. Yep, basically. All right. I am really looking forward to today's questions. We've got a wide variety as you know, or maybe you don't. Maybe this is the first episode you've ever listened to, in which case, hi, we're glad you're here. Um, but every Saturday, we answer your questions. You guys have great questions, and it doesn't even have to be a question. It can be a topic, right? Will you talk about X, Y, Z? Probably. Can't see why we wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Generally how we roll. But if you have a question or a topic, go to primalpotential.com forward slash inbox and we will get to it on one of our Saturday shows. Quick couple of things before we dive into your questions. This coming Monday, which I believe is the 25th of November or maybe the 26th, but the Monday of U.S. Thanksgiving week, I say U.S., not to be confused with Canadian Thanksgiving or any other country or whatever, we are kicking off a totally free challenge to help you feel less stress, more happiness, more peace, and more productivity through the holidays. Every single day I will be sharing, if you sign up for this free challenge, I will be sharing a question, questions, or journaling prompt for you to just take two minutes with at the start of every day to get your head in the right place so that you don't wake up in early January and go, what the heck have I been doing with myself and my life for the last couple of months? So there's two ways for you to join us for this totally free challenge. You can do both. You can do one. You can do neither. Whatever. But the first is to get on the wait list for our winter 2020 12 Weeks to Transformation. The reason for that is I really want folks who are thinking about the 12 weeks or want to learn more about it, I want them to start to work on themselves, start to get into the habit of intentional and thought-provoking journaling. So you can get on the wait list by going to the show notes for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash 685, or by going directly to primalpotential.com forward slash transform. And the second way 
that you can participate is by joining our free Primal Potential Facebook group, which I will also link up in the show notes. It is crazy that we are less than a week out from Thanksgiving. It is crazy. Like, a little terrifying because that means December is in a minute and a half. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay because it's a great time of year and uh, the reason it flies by is because there's usually a lot of cool stuff. That's true. Going on. Yeah. Um, with that said, I think the appropriate giveaway, we give something away every single Saturday, is a bottle of digestive enzymes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I personally take digestive enzymes after every single meal. Initially, I think I was just taking it if I had something that I know I'm a little sensitive to, like dairy. I can, I can tolerate cheese very well, but yogurt or ice cream is a little bit more challenging on my personal body. Um, And I would just take them when I would eat something like that. But when I switched to taking them with every meal, it really made a big difference in what I noticed, which is my bowel regularity. But more than that, it just helps us get more of the nutrients from the foods we eat. Because a lot of people assume, oh, well, if this particular food has this much vitamin A and this much vitamin D, then I'm getting all of that. And that's just not true. You might be getting 10% of that based on the efficiency and completeness of your digestion and the efficiency and effectiveness of the digestive enzymes in your body. So I always like to make sure I'm doing whatever I can to support my body, get all those nutrients from the foods that I eat. So we will announce at the end of the show today's winner who's going to get a bottle of digestive enzymes. So stay tuned to the end. It's really easy to win. You guys have heard me say it before. All you have to do is leave a review of this podcast in Apple Podcasts or a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon or just post on Facebook or Instagram. Tag me with an episode of the show that you love or a lesson from the show that you've loved. And if you do all three, you get three chances to win for that week. All right. We got questions. We do. Let's see the first one. It says, staying motivated without getting obsessed. How do you do it? Oh, you know, my first thought on this, on like motivation without obsession, is how do you define obsession? You know, because I believe that a huge tool is wild enthusiasm about your goal which some people could call obsession, right? When I think about my drive or my motivation in business, I am very passionate about my goals and that's what creates my motivation. And I don't think that's bad. Same thing when I was first on, not even first on, but for a lot of my journey to change the way I was eating and to lose weight, I was maybe even obsessed with those goals. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Just like if you have a goal to dramatically improve the quality of your relationship, if that becomes an obsession. Like this is something I think about all day long. This is something that matters to me so much that I would do just about anything for it. I don't think that's a bad thing, right? So if you feel like, gosh, if I get really motivated, it's borderlining obsession. That's what we have to look at. What's the downside of obsession? If it's unhappiness, then we need to adjust some things. If it's 
strategies that are unhealthy, right? I'm so obsessed with weight loss that I'm popping pills and, and you know, skipping meals and not taking great care of myself. Then we have to revisit the goal itself. Not the obsession, but the goal itself because whatever it is that you are perceiving as a downside of obsession is more a result of how you're defining the goal. The weight loss one is a really easy example to use. If you're thinking, I'll lose weight at any cost, and I've certainly been there, we need to revisit that because what's it worth if you're unhappy, if you're disconnected from people in your life and you're unhealthy? Not very much. I know for me, when I did the HCG diet, don't ask me what it is. You can Google it. It's a terrible idea. I don't recommend it. I lost a lot of weight really fast and I had no energy and I wasn't healthy and it required such a high degree of sacrifice that I missed out on a ton of opportunity to connect with the people that mattered most to me in my life. So, okay, I achieved the goal of losing a whole lot of weight, and I hated my life. So that's not where we want to end up. That is a goal issue, less a obsession issue. You know, if you want to get out of debt, you don't want to get out of debt if it means losing the relationships that matter to you, not enjoying your life, and not being responsible, you know? So If we look at the goal from the perspective of what do I want for my life, not just what do I want to achieve in this area, but who do I want to be, what really matters to me, then I think we can get all of the upsides of obsession, like focus, like passion, like drive, like motivation, without making sacrifices that we don't want to make. Making sacrifices that we don't want to make is not a result of the obsession. It's a result of lack of clarity on the goal. Does that make sense, Sarah? Did I explain that well? I think so. Like for you, you know, if you, if you had this goal to open up this storefront, right? And you were willing to sacrifice your friendship, sacrifice time with your family, go into debt, then you could have this storefront, but you would be unhappy. Yeah. And that's not like, oh, I was obsessed with it. It's I didn't define the goal clearly Mm -hmm. because, yes, I want this storefront and I also want to maintain my relationships and not go into debt. So then even if you're obsessed with that goal and you wake up fired up about it and you stay up late and you work weekends and and you jump through hoops to make it happen, that's great. We're using obsession as a tool, but we're not falling into those those downsides that are really less about our obsession and more about the fact that we weren't really clear in in what we wanted and what we didn't want. That makes sense. All right. Okay. Next question. Next listener says, you've mentioned on the podcast that you've quit drinking coffee during your pregnancy. Can we just have a moment of mourning for that? Yes. I'm sorry. (laughs) Because I have a cup next to me. I know. Somebody like play a sad song. I know. Yeah. All right. Sorry. That's Um, okay. Okay. I wondered if you could share a bit about what led you to that decision. I just learned that I'm pregnant with my second child. And while I did not give up coffee entirely during my first pregnancy, I think it might be beneficial this time around. I do love my morning coffee and would love some evidence to motivate me on those mornings when a cup of coffee is tempting. Morning sickness hasn't hit me yet. So I'm sure will also affect my coffee consumption. 
Also, did you quit cold turkey when you learned you were pregnant or did you gradually taper off? So I think it's very, um, very common advice to limit caffeine in pregnancy, but also to limit caffeine in general. Caffeine is a stimulant, okay? So no matter who you are or what phase of life you're in, stimulants should be moderated. Now, do I think that a cup of coffee for anybody at any time is problematic? Not necessarily. Now, people who have something like adrenal fatigue, where your adrenal glands, which are responsible for a lot of your cortisol production, are already taxed, do you want to add even one cup of coffee if you are struggling with your adrenal health? No, probably not. Nothing to do with pregnancy. But I'm a real, even though I love science and I love learning how things work in the body, big picture, that's me. I'm uh, an overview kind of um, what is the what is the scope of this versus getting down into the nitty gritty. And, and you could do tons of research and you'd probably find that a moderate amount of caffeine, like up to... I don't know, anywhere from 25 to 50 milligrams a day is proven to be safe in pregnancy. But I put that in air quotes because every single human is different. However, from that big picture perspective, that's the one that I'm personally drawn to because I'm just a simple girl. Do I want to give my baby a stimulant every day? You know, no, not really, not so much. And here's the thing. We know that caffeine stimulants increase cortisol production. And if research says, well, this much is proven to be safe, what it doesn't factor into is what other stimulants are in your life. And I'm not just talking about ingestibles, right? Because dark chocolate would fall into that. And so many other things that contain caffeine, tea, and all of those different things that can be caffeinated. But also, I have a lot of stimulants in my life that aren't of the ingestible variety, right? Sarah's laughing. I don't know why you're laughing. (laughs) It's, yeah. (laughs) Every day between like the dog, the renovation, running a business, the stressors of pregnancy and the ups and the downs and all, all of that, like those trigger a release of cortisol. So I kind of felt like personally for me, there's enough stimulation happening for this sweet babe growing inside of me from my own stress response, that it would probably be best not to add to that. Do I think that it's wrong for any pregnant woman to consume caffeine? No, I don't. In fact, I have one of our energy sticks every single day, right? But it has less caffeine than a cup of coffee. And I'm with you. I love coffee. It is not only... Do I like the taste of it? Genuinely, I like the taste of it. I also really love the routine of just a hot drink in the morning and the the smell of coffee and I like grinding my own beans and all of that. Like I love that process. But I was at a place too where I was drinking a boat ton of coffee before pregnancy. So I was not a one cup of coffee a day girl. And the reality of me switching from making a pot to just making a cup, I'm not going to use a Keurig because I don't like the idea of heating up plastic. Yes, I know they have refillable things, but yeah, all of that factored into my decision. Um, 
I didn't go cold turkey and I actually, I, I went down to one cup a day for one week and it was while we were trying to get pregnant, but um, we, we already were. So we didn't think that, I didn't know I was pregnant when I made that shift, but um, we had just started trying and it worked right away and I didn't know yet. So for one week, I did one cup a day and honestly, that felt really hard because one cup went so fast and I just wanted more and I decided that it would be easier to go without and then shortly thereafter found out that I was pregnant. But there is a ton of research on the fact that um, caffeine does cross the the barrier um, to baby. There are some things that, you know, if we consume, don't necessarily get to baby or get to baby in full amounts, but caffeine definitely does. And it wasn't like I didn't dive into all of this tons of research. It exists. If that's your personality, go dive into it. PubMed.gov is a great place to get into good quality research. For me, it was just, do I want to give my, my baby added stimulants? No, not really. That's all. And it's been hard. Um, it was not as hard when I was feeling really sick. But even then, coffee is comforting to me physically. It's comforting to me psychologically. And my sister knows that when baby is delivered, her role in the process is to bring me a really great cup of coffee. That's a very important role. It is. She knows. Like, she's she works in a school. She knows that you you call in. you got to go. There's a family yes. emergency, which is not so much my sister's having a baby, but my sister needs a cup of coffee. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. All right. How soon can we find out if we made it into the 12 weeks to transformation? I love this question. Because it doesn't work like that. (laughs) There's no application process. It's not a lottery. Um, That's why it's important that you get on the wait list. So we do often sell out. But if you are on the wait list, which you can get on by either going to today's show notes page, which is primalpotential.com forward slash 685, or just going directly to primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Everybody on the wait list, I'm in contact with them regularly. I email them at least once a week and I'm just talking to them about, you know, tools and strategies and ways to get started and build momentum before our 12-week group starts. But I always open up registration to the wait list first. So if you are on the wait list, when I open up registration, which I believe to the wait list will be December 11th, even though we don't start until, let's see here, January 5th. I obviously don't want to open it up right smack dab in the middle of like Christmas week or something like that. Um, But you'll be able to register. And if you pay, you're in if you're on the wait list. If you're not on the wait list, it really depends how many people on the wait list um, sign up. But if you are on the wait list prior to registration opening, which for the winter session is about December 11th, you're in. That's how that works. Yes. We don't screen you. And we're excited. Yeah. I'm super, excited. I know. It's gonna we were just making changes to the journal. I know. I know. It I know. feels like it goes so fast. It does. How do I give up drinking regular alcohol when it's such a big part of mine and my husband's life and is how we spend our time bonding as we have three kids and don't do much else but work and look after the kids? I get this for a few reasons. Even before I got pregnant, um, I love a good cocktail. I really love a good tequila. And I love a glass of wine, but my partner does drink more than I do. He, you know, and that's, it's always been that way. Um, 
he enjoys I, I wouldn't say he has a drink every day after work but but maybe four days out of seven and if we go out that is a thing for him like he's looking at the cocktail menu he's looking at the wine list he wants to have a drink and I would often not drink even when I wasn't pregnant now it's the same thing like just the other day we were we went after we went to your store opening we went to um the new brewery oh fun yeah um and so we're at a brewery and I'm pregnant and they don't have like a big food menu. They have a really limited food menu. So you really go there to drink alcohol. But here's what I've found to be true for us. We can enjoy that together even if I'm not drinking or even if I'm not drinking regularly, you know, because there was something I heard about relationships um, and, it, and it, it came from the story of, you know, this wife always wants to talk and her husband's like, oh my gosh, why does everything have to be a conversation with you? Like, why can't we just do stuff? Why do we always have to talk? And she said, the conversation is the relationship. And I loved that. So what what that really opened my eyes to is that it's not about the alcohol. It's about setting aside that time when you're more likely to talk and, and maybe alcohol happens to go along with that, right? When you sit down to enjoy a drink together, when you go out for a drink together, it is less about the booze and more about the connection. So I always remind myself of that, that it doesn't matter if he's getting, you know, a flight of beers and I'm drinking water. It matters that we are doing something together and spending time together doesn't matter if we're both drinking. And guys, this applies to food too. You know, I mean, I'm in a relationship where we eat differently. If we go out to, I mean, pregnancy aside, where basically anything goes at this point. Um, but we generally eat differently. And that's not like, oh, he wants pizza. So how are we ever going to possibly connect if I'm not going to eat pizza? You know, it's more about the connection than what is happening alongside the connection. This was a perspective shift for me because uh, my former husband didn't really drink very much and I didn't either. So that was pretty easy. And then getting into a new relationship where he did drink much more regularly than I did. Well, how is that going to be weird? You know, he orders a glass of wine and I don't. No, it's not weird at all unless you tell yourself it's weird. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I really don't think that it has to be a thing. It's more about what you're doing over that drink than the drink itself. And then the other thing I would say is just because you don't do much else but work and look after the kids doesn't mean you can't. Go for a walk together as a family. Join a gym and even if you can't get there at the same time because of work or because of the kids, you share that common bond. You know, that's that's one of the things that we really enjoy about CrossFit um, which I haven't been doing as much of during pregnancy. But even if we went at different times, we would talk about the workout, you know, like, oh, what did you think of today's workout? It just happened naturally. What I have learned is you have to create those things that you that you do together, even if it's at home. Even if for us, it's when he goes to close up the chickens and get the eggs, I'm going down there with him. And we're just talking about that creating those opportunities instead of creating the limitation of, oh, all we have to bond over is alcohol. Untrue. It's a decision and there are many other options available to you. 
What is the best plan if I miss a day? Wait, or- can we go back? Absolutely. And I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. You have been in a relationship with somebody who doesn't drink at all. Right. And you really enjoy wine. I do. Now, if that's something that for you, she's like all excited now. You yes, get coffee I and do. wine. I know. I'm it's, sorry. Yeah, it's not cool. Um, <laughs> I get a baby. It's fine. <laughs> Much more exciting. We'll, uh, we'll see. Um, but I know for you, that's something that you enjoy after a long day or while you're working or while you're relaxing at home. And you initially was like, you, you were initially like, I don't know this is going to work so much, especially like, you know, spending more time together or living together. What did you observe from that? I, well, we had a conversation about it and, and whether or not that was going to be a comfortable thing for both he and I, like, would I be comfortable having a glass or two of wine if he's not drinking? Right. And would he be comfortable with me continuing like my own sort of habits? And, and we both agreed that we would be, and it really was fine. Like I, I didn't have that sort of uncomfortable feeling if I had a glass of wine at dinner and he wasn't drinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what you make it, right? Totally. If you built it up to be this big thing in your head, like, oh my gosh, now what am I going to do? I can't drink around him. Like you invented that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also wondered if it was going to be as fun to kind of hang out one-on-one without something like that. Because generally most people in my life, I'm usually having a glass of wine or something when I'm hanging out socially. Um, but it, it didn't really, it didn't change a thing. Yeah. It really didn't. A lot of it is a fear that's built up in our heads. Yeah. You know, I, I, because we're not sure how it will be and will it be weird. Anything that's a departure from regular, from the routine gives us pause, but ultimately it's whatever we create it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now okay. we can move on. All right. What is the best plan if I miss a day or two of journaling? Start again. It's the same thing. With everything. This is where I really screwed myself up for quite a long time with food was the whole story of like, I blew it. So what's the point? Might as well order pizza tonight because, you know, I had Chinese food at lunch or something like that. But that's just not life. I'm, I've used this analogy before, but it's kind of like, oh, crap, I'm late to pick up the kids, so I'll do better tomorrow. They just have to stay there. No point in getting them now. I'm already late. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, nobody would do that. Or or like, I missed the deadline on the project, so I guess it's not happening. You, we, we wouldn't do that in other areas of our lives. And here's why we're so quick to do it with things like journaling. Like, oh, I blew it. Now the week is lost because I don't have a perfect week of journaling. We do it with food. We do it with alcohol. We do it with spending money because it's permissive because it's just the reason we need to not do the thing we don't want to do or do the thing that we do want to do. Just get right back to it. I had a period in this pregnancy where I just consistently felt frustrated with my food choices. I wasn't beating myself up. Fortunately, I don't get into drama over that stuff anymore. Thank God. Freed up a lot of energy in my life. Um, But it was just such a huge departure from the way I was normally eating because I just wasn't able to tolerate most meat and most vegetables. And so what I told myself is, okay, even if I'm not eating the way I ideally want to be eating, I can eat in a way that makes me proud or that doesn't make me proud, right? So even if I'm having more carbohydrate, more starch than normal, I can do that in a way that makes me proud or I can do that in a way that doesn't make me proud. Like there's a big difference between sticking to whole foods and saying, oh, well, I might as well have 
you know, um, frosted flakes and Skittles and cookies. You know what I mean? And even when I would make the decision to have things that looking back, like, well, I don't really feel good about that. I just won't do it two days in a row. You know, never skip twice. So I had pizza. Cool. Tomorrow, it's not about in, in this pregnancy for me, eating the way I used to eat, but still eating in a way that makes me feel like I'm taking care of my body and never skip twice. If you miss a day of journaling, just start journaling again. That's all. Doesn't matter. Just move on. Don't, don't dwell in the past. Don't be like, well, I can't remember everything that happened yesterday. Okay, so be here today. That's what I would have to say about that. How do I get off being the victim over my health? I blame everything that is wrong with my weight on believed I'm a malfunctioning body when in fact it's my lack of consistency that has brought me here. Oh, I used to do this because I knew from a really young age that my body was different, that my metabolism was different. And I knew that because my sister would eat the same things at home when we were really little. This was before my mom, you know, changed and and had me kind of on a very restrictive diet. But growing up, I would eat the same things as my sister and I was just as active as my sister and I was really overweight and she wasn't. So that created a really easy out for me. Like my metabolism is just messed up and I'm just a fat girl and I was born fat and I'm just always going to be that way. And over time, it was the reason that I allowed myself to be inconsistent. I might as well have this and that and the other thing because my body's messed up anyway so I, I've been there. I've told that story when same thing for me. It was really my, my lack of consistency. It was really the fact that I was overeating. It was the fact that I was overindulging. It was the fact that I wasn't regularly active and I wasn't fueling my body well, period. So the question here is, how do I stop being the victim? Like, oh, it's my body and I'm a victim of my metabolism to owning the fact that it's a lack of consistency. It's changing the story, right? Every day, in every situation, we tell ourselves a story about what is going on. And you either choose to retell that story of like, my body is malfunctioning, it's my body's fault, or you choose that story of, if I'm consistent, I'll get results. So what can I do today to be consistent? It is noticing when you are in that place of blaming your body and telling a different story. I use affirmations for this a lot. And one of my affirmations that's kind of related here is I create my results. So if I'm, no matter the situation, if I am stressed about money, if I'm worried about work, if I'm unhappy with my body, I create my results. Anytime I go into a story of, oh, this renovation is so expensive, I create my results. I control how much money I make. And honestly, we all do, even if you work for somebody else, because you don't have to. You could have a side hustle. You could be so good they can't ignore you, as Cal Newport says, and get a raise or find another job where you make more money. We all create our results. Yes, there are always things outside of our control, and still, we create our results. So it's noticing when you are telling that story that is not productive and not serving you and replacing it with something else, whether you think of it as a mantra or an affirmation, or you just tell a different version of the story, either way works. And then it's a matter of repetition and consistency over time. 
That was our last question here. All right. I didn't realize that. It goes fast. It huh? does go fast. It's already been 30 minutes. I know. It doesn't feel like that at all. All right. A couple quick things. And then I want to know what's going on with you this weekend. Reminder, our challenge starts on Monday. It is totally free. It is going to help you feel more focused, more productive, more calm, more peaceful as you go through the holidays. You can be a part of that free challenge by getting into our free Primal Potential Facebook page, Facebook group, which will be linked up in today's show notes, or by getting on the wait list for the Winter 2020 12 Weeks to Transformation. The registration is opening for the Winter 12 Weeks. First one of 2020. Talk about a great way to kick off the new year and really get yourself in gear to make 2020 the best year yet and really make your goals and your aspirations and your visions become a reality. Registration is going to open up to the wait list on... December 11th. So make sure you are on that wait list. You can get on it by going to the show notes for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash 685, or by going to primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Do you want to say who wins today's bottle of digestive enzymes? I would love to. Um, this is the Instagram handle, and it is Cheryl M. Claus, which is C-H-E-R-Y-L-M-C-L-A-W-S. And all you got to do to get your bottle is within 60 days, email Sarah at primalpotential.com, S-A-R-A-H at primalpotential.com, and we will get it in the mail to you no matter where in the world you live. I just packed my digestive enzymes to um, take with me. Yes. Because you're about to take the West off. Coast again. Yeah. Wow. You so, are on the move this month. I know. Because then I get back and I'm here for six days. Not No. Yeah, six days and then off to Costa Rica. That's so cool. I know. What are you doing this weekend? I'm going to be away. So I know. Are you, I of. am going to be away. I'm going to be in Boston for a Christmas show, which I am very excited about. It's a three-day show. That is going to be huge. Yes. Lots yeah. of people doing holiday shopping. I know. Good for them. I know. And sadly, I will be missing out on your weekend. I'm seriously so bummed. I know. I remember when you first, it was, it had to be like your first week on the team when you were like, um, are you expecting me to be at Ascend? Because <laughs> I have like my biggest show of the year and we are going to miss you terribly, but, um, we're going to have a lot of fun. I know. I, I cannot wait. I've been asking everyone to take pictures and send me photos and oh, um, share stories. I know. It's going to be great. It's hard to believe that it's already here. But right around the beginning of the year, we'll start talking about the 2020 date and location for Ascend. And we'll get a wait list up for that and all that good stuff because... The time, it flies. It does fly. It really does. And I wasn't sure what 2020 would look like um, in terms of hosting Ascend and having a new baby, but we're doing it. We've already booked the, the venue for it. We've already got the dates, so I'm super excited. All right, everybody, if you've got questions for us, we love to chat about it. So go to primalpotential.com forward slash inbox, and we would love to address your questions or topics on a Saturday show of this podcast. Everybody make it a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. 
Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.